Welcome to the Return of Roots Mill Vet Podcast, your guide through the journey from military to veterans in the community. This podcast is dedicated to service members, veterans, and their families. Get ready for inspirational stories and experiences generously shared by our amazing guests. Stand by for the sound of freedom. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to remind you of two essential resources, the 988 National Hotline for Mental Health Support and the MYTT365 app available at mildevet.com. Both are valuable tools to assist you in your transition journey. Now let's get to the show. Return to Roots, welcome. Today we are bringing you Enrique Gonzalez. He is currently part of the Leadership Triad Solutions. And a wealth of knowledge, wealth of information. So without further ado, welcome, Enrique. Welcome, Enrique. Hey, thanks for having me. I just noticed that we went on the... <laughs> so thank, thank, thanks for letting me join you for, for the day. Yeah, brother. Hey, it's awesome to have you on here, man. You've helped out so many in our own community here. And hey, guys, if you could see my breath, it is freezing in my shop. I need you guys to send me some warmer jackets because this isn't really working. Um, hey, it's Yogi. It's really cold in San Diego, too. Yogi, your shirt? <laughs> that's hot fire, bro. I like your shirt. Where'd you get that shirt from, man? <laughs> so we're uh, trying to, in order to get some support in what we're doing and to get more uh, traction, we are currently uh, creating Return to Root shirts and sweatshirts for our listeners and our audience. I love it, man. Hey, let's let's hear from our main guest, man. How how can people get a hold hold of you? Let's just get that out there. I want them to be able to get a hold of you. So if they hear anything that resonates with them, they can get a hold of you. Yeah, the best way is on LinkedIn. That's where I live. Uh, alternate is go to Facebook or Instagram. Either way, uh, but uh, the quickest and most secure way is on LinkedIn. Dude, I love it, man. So we're all about knowledge and reading uh, on here. Yogi and I, we digest a lot of books. And we hope that those that are listening are also digesting books because that is seriously the secret to success, digesting all these books and taking action on them. Speaking of that, what kind of books do you recommend service members and veterans or anyone in the realm of transition what books should they be digesting in that transition? Well, I, I'm going to tell you that there are no specific books because everybody has a perspective on paper, right? Everybody has. What I'm going to suggest is that you focus on your next career. What is it? What is it that you're going to do post-service? Because everybody has an idea. Right. And most most people that retire or separate is like, oh, hey, I was serving in the military. I got this. They're going to, you know, welcome me with open arms and roll the red carpet. And uh, you'll realize that that's not the case. Right. Um, I often say that we are the one percent that the ninety nine learned how to live without. And when you come out here, they just don't know you. And so you're going to have to focus on what it is that you are going to go into, read some of that textual, that technical knowledge, and then also get into your position, right? So if it's leadership and you're going into leadership, any of the John Maxwell books will serve you good, right? Any of the Simon Sinek books will serve you well, uh, but it really is particular to you, particular to your flavor, and particular to the industry that you're going into. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, really, I, I really couldn't have. But in all seriousness, uh, you talked on uh, Simon Sinek, which, you know, finding out your why, what do you want to do, discovering who you want to be, and then many other people who will develop their leadership. And we all, we all honestly all think that we're, because we're in the military, we're leaders, which we are. We just don't know how to um, use the right vocabulary to express mm -hmm that truth right um so with that i want to lead into 
if you were able to go back in time before you joined the military, what advice would you give yourself? I would tell myself that hard times are coming, right? Uh, when I came in the military in 1989, uh, believe it or not, it was, uh, it was tough. It was tough for me as a Hispanic. It was. Um, and uh, there were still some elements of uh, prejudice, right? So I would have told myself, hold on. <laughs> it's going to be rough. And, uh, and also that to be hopeful because those rough times actually ended up being a benefit to me. Uh, it wasn't at the, I didn't realize it right at the time, right? We was going through, you're like, what the heck? I, I need to get out of here. Right. Um, but, but, you know, as they say, friction, uh, causes heat, heat causes fire and you can only be purged in fire. So if the fire comes, let it. It's only going to make you better. Uh, hopefully you don't buckle under it. But, uh, yeah, brace for shock. <laughs> wow. Um, with that, right, you transition out of the military, and now you have some wisdom on how – and you, I know you touched about it a little bit during your um, intro, but what advice and how early – would you give yourself um, before transitioning to be successful in the outside? Uh, give yourself today. If, if you are, even if you are in, start right now. As soon as you hear this, start doing something. Because when you get out, you realize how much the military and the VA don't talk. And that's a long way. That's a long ways to go. But if let's just say on the medical side, if your medical record is actual and factual, then your transition into the VA was not going to be that hard because you're going to have a record of all that's wrong with you before. But what happens in the military? We try not to let that. Oh, what? I need what? Limb do. Are you crazy? You know what that'll do? <laughs> right? I'd have been on limb do a long time ago had I known that it all has to be in my record, right? Mm -hmm. Um so you know, give do it now. Give yourself time. Uh, but don't give yourself time and they're like, oh, I got time. No, you don't got no time. Do it now. Beautiful. So, I know you served. How how long did you serve? A little brother? bit, just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> twenty six. <laughs> twenty six years, man. And you retired as a what? Uh, I was command senior chief out of Joint Typhoon Warning Center, Pearl Harbor. Nice, brother. Yeah. So twenty six, you're senior chief, and then you got out, right? No, no, I, I they had to put me out. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah, like hey man out of your tenure no and it's almost i'd say probably between that 20 and that 26 year it was just mm -hmm. something that you knew you grew into it was kind of hard really hard at the beginning and then you just kind of grew into it and then it was just that familiar thing still hard still very challenging, but you were just used to it, you know, like, so it was that familiar thing. So getting out, man, what, what did it take you to get into that transitioning mindset? Well, the good thing about when I served, uh, and I mentioned that my early years were, were, <laughs> I say chaotic. That's not even a word to really describe those first three years of, the leadership that I was under. But because of that, I created a model in and within the structure of the Navy that helped me facilitate my transition. I focused on the people and my service or my leadership was straight service. I won't tell you that I did not have my own aspirations and my own goals, but 
within those goals and how I attained those goals, it was always in service of the sailor. And so when I separated, dealing with individuals wasn't a hard thing. Matter of fact, uh, I, I left there, went into a, a government a position out here locally, and the people just loved it. But guess what? They had never seen anything like it. So, so even in the military, they were like, oh, man, we love it because where we came from, this, that, and the other, even out here. And so what I learned was that I had people skills that people needed, whether in the military or whether outside. And on both ends, they were grateful for it. So what, if anything that facilitated me and a, and a, and a more easier transition was that I was already accustomed with treating people and you know, the rest is uh, history. That's pretty powerful, man. That whole entire focusing on the sailor, focusing on the officers that you're training, focusing on them. You're, you got the whole entire whole, but you were honing in on the individual and giving them their own leadership style that they needed from what it sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody has potential, uh, and and you just have to know how to bring that out. But it won't happen by you just leading. Uh, you have to be a servant. You have to learn how to uh, serve circumstances and situations where your people can thrive and see that they can do a certain thing. Um, you know, we, we see it all the time. We see it, man, that's a sharp sailor, man, that guy's got it. He's got it. But how many people go past, oh, he's got it. Right. Not, not, not many go past that. And they're just happy to see some shiny penny coming through. Uh, but, uh, but focusing on ensuring that by the time they left your presence or being with you, that they got an inkling that they had it, that, that, that was gold. Yeah, man. The, the purpose, it sounds like you knew your purpose before you got out. Oh yeah. <laughs> what, what did it take for you to find that purpose? Well, <clears throat> let me tell you, um, I had a, an inclination of what that purpose was because I really loved develop developing people. Um, and so I put it on paper, right? So my, my logo triad, uh, it's a cookie. If, if you can't recognize it, it's a cookie. And, and obviously triad is exactly what it is, you know, C O X O message and, or command senior enlisted. So I took some elements from my service and integrated it with, uh, my, my time now out. Uh, but, um, I had an inkling, I penned it, I did some goals, I set some strategies and I executed it. Uh, but, and, and in a way it has gone like I thought it would, uh, except this is business and it's a little different. And so in, on the business standpoint, uh, that goes as much as you're willing to put into it. Now I'm retired, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my time with my family <laughs> and that's a priority. So it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's going to go as fast as it's going to go. <laughs> oh yeah. I totally, totally understand that brother. Cause being retired and having that ability to not rush out and have to pull in a paycheck. It's almost liberating, man, because oh, yeah. you get to work on the passionate things that you have in your life. And then you get to spend that quality time that you've, that we didn't really have while we were in service. Right. We would get a little glimpse of it while we were in, but nothing compared to what it is because we're always home now. We're not going off on deployment. Well, you might get deployed to like uh, Walmart, but that's as far <laughs> as you go. <laughs> so when you when you um, were doing your intro, you talked about 
the heat, the pressure. Mm -hmm. What was your heat or pressure that created that ended up in the result of the triad being created? Yeah. What, well, what was that heat? Well, well, triad was already, like I said, it was already an inclination. I had a, a, a an imagination of what this logo would look like. I had imagination of what the purpose of the company would look like. I had imagination of, of, of the future, which is ultimately to have an academy where I employ uh, a retiring uh, command senior enlisted leaders, right? So they, they have to have gone to the SCA. They have to have gone to uh, CMC school uh, and had that education behind them. And then the academy would employ them right out. So skill bridge and all that other stuff to provide uh, facilitated um, leadership development for companies. So that's the ultimate, right? That's, that's where, that's where the thing is headed. Um, the, the fire, it did not start uh, till, till about four years after retirement. And because I was chasing the job, right? Thinking, oh, I got to get this. I got to get that. And this is why I say start now because had my VA been all squared away the first three months of my retirement, I wouldn't been chasing the job, <laughs> right? But I chased the job because the stuff wasn't done. And then because my record, and, and so that's what I'm saying, do it now. Don't, don't be, you go set yourself up to go chase a job that you actually don't really need um, if you do it right. So the fire started about four years after when I realized that it did not matter, military or civilian, there are just poor leaders out there. Poor, poor leaders in positions getting paid for a job they can't do. And so at that point, after I had gone through my time with the, with the local government and a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of years with a, with a local company, I realized that this is needed now, but it was four years down the road. Right. So, um, so that fire had had been there. The the idea was there, but until I actually fell under that type of leadership and experienced it for myself, that oh snap, this is this is bad out here. Um, it wasn't uh until then that I was like, okay, it's time to it's time to roll this out. And so your focus right now is to continue to develop your program right continue mm -hmm. continue to develop leaders so that you're able to place them out and get them everything from a to z after they get out transition and be able to provide them a good clear path to where they want to be that's that's fascinating man i know that uh that's part of the reason why this uh podcast exists um because we also noticed during our transition that there's a massive void in between the time that you're enlisted, right? Or in the service. Uh, and then the minute you say, hey, I'm getting out, it's almost like there's a cliff. And then you have this massive group behind you. And then now you just are by yourself whether you fall down or you put on a parachute or you start scaling it down, that kind of depends on you. Um, and, I, and I love the fact that you mentioned about getting started as soon as possible, right? Um, a lot of the focus is, you know, start 18 months out or a start two years out. But in reality, if you start now, right? There's a saying, uh, if you if you if you're if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, right? And we use that all the time in the military, except we never do that for ourselves to take care of ourselves, right? And because we think of that as a um, being selfish, only being focused on yourself, whatever. Um, 
But in reality is that we all serve, whether it's a year or 30, right? We're going to get out. There's a beginning and there's an end. If you do what a lot of us do, right? And you hit it right on the nail that we push the, ah, my, my shoulder hurts, my this hurts, my that hurts. You know, I'll check it out later because I don't want to be them do. I don't want to be that guy, right? I don't want to be the SIQ sailor, right? That is always in pain uh, because there's a stigma behind it, right? Um, then we fail to even do what it's supposed to be and actually document, right? And then another thing that we don't know, and I, I didn't know until recently, is that if you are referred out in town, right, everything's supposed to go back into the medical record and supposed to be saved, scanned, and then forever, right? But it never happens the advertised way, right? If you go to a civilian out in town, a civilian provider out in town, they'll keep your records for two years if you're lucky, right? And if you're not, something will happen and it'll be gone, poof. And then it's, you never, you never went. It never happened, right? Uh, and then the military, you'll be lucky if they have a record of it or not, right? So when it comes out, back down to your um, VA claim and everything else, you are going to fall into that void and you're not going to be able to be service connected, which is beautiful that you're, that you're bringing that awareness up. I want to touch into the fact that you talked about servant leadership, mm-hmm. right, uh, while you were in the service and that... A lot of us, you're right, a lot of us see that shiny junior sailor or um, that they're trying to make something out of themselves, right? But very few of us really go out of our way to really try to push them. But this is the part that I want to touch more into is that we see the shiny one and whatever little advice we do want to give it to them, right? But the non-shiny one, right, the the sailor or the uh, marine or whatever that is having problems adjusting, sometimes all they need is someone to show them that they that somebody cares, right? And a lot of the times you're like, hey, here's my hand. Let me reach out and grab you and we'll push through this together. And they turn around and they become the best assets that you can ever have right because somebody actually cared and the military gave them that opportunity but if you don't take that time they just waste away and then they become resentful and they have a harder transition and some of them it just becomes spiral because they had a negative childhood that you know that's why they joined the military and then from there the military was that too. So now that, you know, those are the, it, it becomes a vicious cycle. Do you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. And two, two examples in my head that I recall uh, from, from both aspects, the shiny penny and the ones that doesn't are, aren't too bright. Um, so I was uh, E6 at the time, pre-com unit, USS Iwo Jima, LHD seven. And uh, at first, the, uh, the ship ain't there, right? It's just a, a Connex box and everybody's in there and we're starting from scratch. And so um, we pulled into Norfolk. I checked in and in that Connex box were every department, right? They, a department was a table. Let's just say that, right? That's what the department was. And uh, DC was over there, right? And uh, I saw two young, two young DC men. and. Uh, them jokers were sharp. Now, you know, you know, DC, they pretty rough. Once you get on the ship, they grease all over the place. They wearing their red coveralls and all that. It's pretty rough job. So we're oh, is y'all not get that bottle out of your back pocket? <laughs> Look, <laughs> and, and so I saw them and I'm like, man, those are some sharp sailors. What department they with? Oh, they engineering, they snipes and stuff. I was like, what? I said, hey, shipmate, come over here, bro. Uh, y'all know y'all shop, right? It's like, well, you know, this, this. 
you know what rate you in? <laughs> They're like, yeah, DC. I said, bro, you, I've seen a lot of sailors, a lot of DC men. Y'all the sharpest I've ever seen. Have you ever been counseled meritoriously? No. I said, come on, come with me. And I wrote him a counseling check. And it was a meritorious one. In five years, both those jokers left the ship as an E5. Both of them, DC men. God, E5 about to be E6. DC men. That's hard. That's very hard. Huge. Had I not, and I'm not going to take all the credit for it. They had to do that. Right. But had I not took that opportunity, what chit would have been the first one in their record? Negative counseling chit. Right? So what I did was to ensure that everybody that opened their service record from here on out, the very first thing they saw was a meritorious chit. Probably they'll never ever see another one, but regardless, <laughs> that was it. And because I wanted them to know that what you're about to pile on the rest of these sheets, it's on a meritorious chip. Now, that's one story. Another one was I was a I was a command senior chief. There was an E6. Uh, I was me talk, right? So forecaster mm -hmm. was not that. He did one that. Yeah. But he 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 did something that caused him to put put made me put him in front of the skipper. Right, I said, Skipper, this is what we're gonna do. Right, he's gonna he's gonna pay for what he did. I mean, you can't you can't undo that. But as soon as you spank, give him give him to me, and we'll work with that. But but do what you gotta do, because ain't nobody above the law here. So he did. He got boom. They took his. I don't know how many of you had NECs, but when you strip somebody of their NEC, mm -hmm. that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. So he was this close getting stripped. So what we did was instead, cause I knew that was probably the, the death, right? Right. We, we stripped him of his qualifications. He had to do them all over again. Man, that's pretty harsh for uh, messing up the weather. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just messing around, man. Are you in back fleet? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the, thing, the thing is, there's a lot of people that rely on accurate data. Yeah. We may joke and say 50-50, and sometimes it may be. But operators, they don't take 50-50. They, they need 100, right? And so, you know, it was one, that, one, that kind of deal, right? So... So we strip him, uh, you know, we help him. He gets back to the point. He gets requalified. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Uh, he still wasn't the greatest. And I was so close to just letting him go home. But I was like, man, he is three years from retiring. Three years from retiring. I'm about to mess this dude up forever. So, you know, as chiefs do, we call the chiefs mess on the other side. Hey. This guy's going to transfer. This is what it is, man. I'll, I'll give him, give him a chance. If he blows it over there, send him home. But I, it's not, I'm not trying to pass the buck. I'm trying to give this man an opportunity. So uh, he didn't do great. He ended up retiring, but yesterday or this last week, never seen him on Facebook, never done anything like that. I saw him on Facebook. I was like, Oh, wow. I clicked on his thing. He is a forecaster working as a civilian on an air force base. Yeah. And those guys make really making good, good money, money, those forecasters and all good money he needed was somebody to give him a chance. Yeah. For the Navy, maybe not the greatest. He's still doing it though. And he's making a living. 
and it's paying for his family. You know what I'm saying? So as leaders, you can't be too quick to judge. Now you let them pay for what they do, right? Good or bad. But you also have to set them up so that the world don't crumble under their feet. And if they want to do that on their end, that's on them. them. But as a leader, uh, you got to set the stage so that they can rise to the occasion. And, and that made me so happy, so happy to see, man. That's wonderful. So I want to jump a little bit into your academics, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Just looking at your profile, right? You have multiple universities certificates and your most recent one was 2021. Yeah. Why? Right. You already, you already arguably set up. You're comfortable. Why more education? When you stop learning, you start dying. That's just it. You know, there, there is nothing new under the sun, but everything has not been seen. And so, you know, when you, when you come from a, an environment where you have literally gone around the world and you have seen nations upon nations and have been in rooms with royalty and, and high ranking, you know, as a me talk, I was always in front of the stars, right? You got to brief them and that's who they want. They want <laughs> the senior enlisted. So, you know, when, when you have that backdrop, it's easy to rest on your laurels, but out here, the one that doesn't have the latest and the greatest goes by the wayside. And so don't ever stop learning. I'm actually in a course right now, which I'm going to go to right after this, <laughs> um, <laughs> a leadership course out of Yale. And you know, you, you, you also have to be strategic. There's a reason why I'm taking a leadership course out of Yale, right? <laughs> it's, it's not the community college. Right. So, right. so you also have to be strategic in everything that you do. And that was something that I taught my sailors while I was in, uh, make sure that everything ties to something substantial and also tangible that you can actually talk about in the future. And, um, but the reason why I'm in that, uh, is, uh, and it's duality is the organization, right? The, the, the scholastic organization. And also that the course will give me uh, a refresher, if not new tools in leadership. And so as a leadership trainer, as a leadership developer, if I cannot provide those new tools for my clients, when they come to me, then I'm what they call irrelevant. (laughs) I'm not relevant anymore. And so in this industry, you have to stay relevant. And I, I, I like that you, the fact that you brought up that you are going to Yale, right? Um, not going to lie. The first thing that popped up and that caught my eye about your education is the fact that you just went and took a certification through Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a, a couple other really good universities out there, which, you know, some say it's all about the name and whatever. It is not. It really, the style of education the style of learning that is provided by the Ivy League schools, it is absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. uh, in, in comparison to what you're, you would normally be getting at a college. So congrats. No, no. Hey, like I said, strategy eats hope <laughs> and wishing <laughs> all day long. Uh, you, you have to be strategic. Um, if I'm going to spend this amount of time in a course, it better be worth it. And not just to me, but to those that are looking at, you know, my resume, uh, and, and you have to, you have to know the difference between getting education and getting education that counts. It's two different things. And so, you know, in, I, I did career counseling in the Navy for a long time, uh, over 15 years. And so that was one thing that I really, really uh, uh, talked to the sailors about. Now, when you're going to do something, you're going to do it. 
whether you do it for this entity or this organization or whatever. But what will others say when you're done? Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's some rock solid points there. And what I would like to glean from you, and I'm sure some of my uh, listeners would also like to glean is when you were transitioning, what was kind of one of the most useful tools that helped you get to where you're at today? Yeah, network. Network is the first one. I will tell you if, and they say network is your net worth. Take that for a granted, whatever, you know, whatever you will. Uh, but I do know that there has, there has been some moves that I've made out here that without that network would have not been easily possible. Not that it would have been impossible, but it wouldn't have been easily possible. And having known certain people, um, I, I, I give you a great example. So I also have a podcast. We just had the last chief of staff of the air force. This next week, we're going to have the first chief of space force. These are four star generals. They don't need to sit around <laughs> with me in a chit chat, but network did that network put us in those rooms together and network outside of the military would put you and place you in rooms that more, more than likely you wouldn't have the opportunity to be in the same was in, you know, it the same is in the military, you know, I can go now. We 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 kind of have a, a a good thing as chiefs. <laughs> we do we do. We got a good thing as chiefs. No matter where we went, if 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 there was another chief, we were home. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what country, what uh, it it didn't matter, right? So we we had that going for us. But even as chiefs, there were some rooms that your anchor can get you in. There were some meetings that your anchors just weren't going to get you in. I remember fleet master chief, uh, Ramirez love him to death. He says, Hey, Enrique, I need you to be in a meeting. I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. Fleet. <laughs> Where? He says, come over here, pack fleet. We're going to be in, a, in, in this room. And I'm, and I got a, I got a seat for you. I was like, a seat for me? All right, let, let me go. I'm sitting in a room full of all the regional master chiefs. All of them. And he's having what we call salt. And, uh, and, uh, uh, or salt. And he, we're in there and I'm like, what in the world? Here's Hawaii region. That's Japan. Here's career, and I'm like a command senior leader, <laughs> senior enlisted leader. I'm like, I don't belong here. He said, sit down. <laughs> I was like, holy smoke. One of those in the room was the current MCPA. At, the, at that time, I knew him as Jim, right? <laughs> now he's MCPA. But Jim was sitting right there, and we're talking, and, you know. So Network did that. It, it, whatever, whatever fleet felt towards me at the time did that, right? It wasn't me. And so if you are gonna do some great things out here and do it fast or faster than you would normally do network, it is vital. So I'd like to pause right there and put a pin on that. Um, what is your definition of network? Network is your ability to take your current self and make it appealing to somebody else enough for them to say your name in a room. <laughs> That's I what love that. <laughs> I love that. How would you, how would you say, what advice would you give someone in order to say, hey, you know, I don't know anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm scared. 
imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. Yep. What would be the first step that you would tell them, hey, this is how you can start building up your network? Yeah, so you, you have to be clear on your goal, right? What What is your goal? Are you looking for employment? Because a network at the at, at a business get-together probably, yeah, I don't know. Those are business people. They, they're looking to trade some money, right? They're not looking to hire. Your, your time maybe will, will be better spent at a job fair or something like that where mm-hmm. they are looking to hire. So what's the goal? What is it that you want out of this event? And are you in the right setting? Because you can go to a bunch of networking events and, and come out of there like with nothing. I, I, how many did I go to? And I'm like, okay, I got a pocket full of cards of people that I'm no, I ain't going to do no business with. <laughs> so why did I come? And so I started with like, oh, that's, I'm not going to go to another one. And I stopped, you know, I stopped. Uh, but what's the goal? Are you in the right setting? Are you in the right environment for what you, what it is your goal is? And if you are suffering from imposter syndrome or you are suffering from, uh, I don't belong here, then check to see if you do, you might not, you might be right. (laughs) You might be right. But if you're wrong, then checking yourself, checking the surroundings and having a clear cut vision for what you can bring to a table is what you need to do to check your imposter syndrome. Uh, but like I said, you might, you might be there and, and, and wasting your time. Uh, so if you follow those, what's the goal, you know, are you in the right environment and can you check your imposter syndrome? I think you'll do good. I like that. Dude, I love that. Yogi, you stole exactly what I was going to ask. What are some barriers to this? You know, networking, the whole entire imposter syndrome, you'll yeah. be surprised who you can find, like, just by going out and putting yourself in the most uncomfortable situation possible. Like, you just have to be fine with being uncomfortable. And the whole entire imposter syndrome, you know, everybody has it. Yeah, and that's the good thing about it. Everybody's yeah. got it. Uh, even, We're all just even a bunch of imposters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brother. No, that, that's awesome. So uh, talk, talk to us about triad. Like where where could this fit into someone's transition plan to, to attend some of your triad leadership training? Yeah, so I, I often tell folks that it, the triad sur- surfaces or services three distinct groups, and that is folks that are challenged with imposter syndrome uh, because it is a thing and it is debilitating and it can take you out of the game. Uh, Those that are challenged with, with their leadership position, right? Some people know that they're in over their head. (laughs) They won't say it, but they know it, right? So those people that are challenged and know that they're over their head in that position, they just attained. Um, maybe they were looking for that nice office and the parking spot and all that. And then now they got in also, Oh, this comes with people. <laughs> right. Or executives that have lost their love for leadership. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to do as an executive, because guess what? I was talking about this today. When you're getting paid, whether you're a good leader or not, do you care? Not really. You don't. And when you don't care long enough, you, you, you start to not care about the people. And that's what happens at the executive levels. They, they're getting paid whether they do it or not. As, as a matter of fact, some leaders are getting paid whether they do it or not. Do you think it's because as leaders, typically the divide between people and leader grows over time? And then eventually it's because you're too far removed from people 
do you think that that could possibly be a reason why that whole entire disassociation with like any kind of thought towards people happens? Well, the moment that you as a leader begin to detach from people, you cease to be a leader. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. It's not the title. It's leading the people and changing their lives and allowing that out, that environment for people to thrive and change and grow. That yeah, is leader, leadership, leadership is allowed, right? Uh, the other day, uh, an acquaintance of mine, uh, Mita Malik, she just wrote a book. Y'all, y'all need to go <laughs> look at that one. But Mita was, uh, had a post and she was saying, oh, you know, the, uh, leaders, they, you know, poor leaders do all of them. I said, uh, I said, I'll tell you something. A leader that displays any of those attributes does not get the privilege to lead me. And a lot of people have given more power to leaders than they have to those that allow you to lead. And you have to understand that there is no place for a leader when there are no followers. Although I will caveat it with your proof of leadership is you. Because if you can't lead yourself, I don't want you leading me. Right? So the very first proof that you're a leader is you. Now, if others see something in that, and say, man, I need you to be my leader, then that's good. But leadership is something that is allowed by a follower. So if they don't allow it, you don't have it. Because how many of you have seen leaders in positions that they, they are in a position, but the one leading it is somewhere over here? Right? All the time. <laughs> All the time. All the time. <laughs> Yeah, brother. Um, hey, I think we are coming up on our time, but before we do that, do you have any final rounds that you want to shoot off? From from my perspective, I got a whole gun full of full enough. <laughs> <of bullets. laughs> oh yeah, so I'll answer whatever you say, but don't don't give me the mic, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, man. So anything that you want to pretty much yeah. relay what's the most important little tidbit of information that someone that's transitioning could use today? Do you have anything else? Yeah. I, I, I wish I could hold everybody's hand outside of military. Cause I don't know if, if, if you both felt this way, but I felt abandoned, man. Yes. I felt abandoned. Uh, there is nothing like serving the time you did and get your, your, your car, your ID card switched. Ain't nothing like that. The, the military did not prepare me for that. And there was a, a, a couple of months, man, I, I really felt abandoned. And, and obviously I had to, you know, shake myself, right. <laughs> and shake myself into place. But, no wonder so many people have it hard. Uh, and so I wish I could hold everybody's hand out right, and, and tell them it's going to be all right. Um, so what, what I will leave the, the audience with, and, and it's specifically about transition. If you're in the military, start getting some civilian friends. Start getting some civilian friends. Wherever it is that you're going to land, start there. When I separated, and I, we talked about strategy. When I when I left uh, and and came to Orlando, uh, at the my my first stop was St. Cloud out here. When I got into town from Hawaii, that next Monday, I had a meeting with the mayor of St. Cloud, hmm. and everybody's like, "You got a meeting with a who?" I said, I'm coming into a community that I know nothing of. Who knows this community better than the mayor? Mm -hmm. And you know, we already, we'll, we'll go in a room. 
Do you, yeah. you don't have to tell the chief to go in the room. I can, we go in there. And, uh, and I wore my dress whites, man. And it was the best meeting I ever had this side of service. Uh, and, and the, why I say that is you can't come on this side of freight. Don't come on this side of your life afraid. They welcomed me and I had the best time, right? I didn't get a job, but guess who knew that I was in town? The mayor. So you, you gotta, you gotta be that bold and you have to be that strategic if you're going to make it, uh, and make it sooner than later. And so I, what I, what I, what I want folks to know is that it may be scary, but don't do it, uh, uh scared. Um, and a lot of it like, Oh, do it afraid. No fear. Fear will grip you. You know what, what we, what I like to say is you have to get fear in check because out here, fear, you get ate up. So don't have fear and be bold. Dude, I, I love it, man. I, thank you so much for coming on here, brother. And to all of our listeners, go check his stuff out. Triad uh, Leadership. You need to go check out his podcast and make sure that you also link up with him on LinkedIn. Great dude. Thank you so much again uh, for coming on here. And thank you for mm -hmm. your 26 years of naval service. And then continuing to serve afterwards, brother. You've done so much to our community. I wasn't just being cheek and ton when I first said that. Thank you so much for that. To all of our listeners that are out there, hey, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. It's your transition. So pick it up and take charge of it. Return to Roots, Mildevet tribe out oh yeah